Hey, this is Leela from The Damn Truth. You're listening to the Miserable Failure Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Miserable Failure Podcast, brought to you by Krusty Media, and I am your host, hostess with the mostest, Michael X. Krusty. I have a great episode for you today. I speak to the damn truth from Montreal, but first, but first, hashtag, but first, I'm stealing that, I'm stealing that one, hashtag, but first, I want to play some music for you. Here's an oldie. One I love. The song is called Love Metal. The band is called Short.
Chort. Love Metal from their album Love Metal from 1999, a band from Toronto that actually recorded with Ian Blurton. We talk about it briefly, briefly on that episode. Definitely, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and check that episode out. It is a great one. And uh, I was texting with my brother, Rob, and he said, oh, you haven't mentioned my name in a couple of episodes. So, hey, Rob, how you doing? This song is for you. Rival Sons, open my eyes.
That was The Bravery with the song Time Won't Let Me Go. That song has always had a, a close place in my heart. I don't know why. I, I guess the lyrics, it gives me the feels. I guess that's what I can say. I did get to see that band live once. They opened for The Killers at Molson Amphitheater in Toronto, which is now Bud Stage. I worked a summer there, an entire summer there. I worked as a security guard. And I got to see a lot of bands live. I didn't do a whole lot of securing. (laughs) Anyways, The Damn Truth. They have a new album that is out now on Spotify, on iTunes and all that stuff. You can order the vinyl. You can do all that kind of stuff. It's called Now or Nowhere. I get to talk to two of the members, Leela and Tom. But first, I'm going to play you their brand new single from the album. This song is called This Is Who We Are Now.
So how's everything going? How is Montreal? Uh, you know, it's still in lockdown. <laughs> I'm in Toronto, by the way, but I heard to the grapevine that the highways are, are construction is complete. Is that is that a lie or is that true? <laughs> That's most definitely a lie. Um, yeah. The highways over here will never be complete. That's no. part of the yeah. You, you have a new album out called Now or Nowhere. I watched your EPK and you guys are talking about the album and basically what the title of the album stands for. And as a musician, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Do you want to go into a little bit of detail about it? It's just the kind of a feeling that we got while on tour. In the past four years, maybe five at this point, we've just been everywhere and uh, really, really spent a long time in the van on the road in Europe and in the USA and right here in Canada. And um, the feeling that we kind of got from everywhere we went to was that we're all kind of looking for the same thing. There's so much negative energy that's coming out of the news and, you know, social media. And like, we're all constantly bombarded with bad news that we wanted to make something different. We wanted to make a positive record. I don't know. It's just, uh, it felt like it was the right time. It felt like everybody that we met on the road, everybody had the same kind of uh, aspiration of hope and love and really felt like it was now or nowhere so we went with it it really works for the music and the whole vibe of the band again i'm from toronto and i've definitely i have seen your band live my band has played with your band and uh, yeah and you guys have definitely people talk about you guys all the time you're pretty popular and you're very successful wait what band are you i'm in a band called no big deal we're a punk band but we played with you guys when we were called Tomahawk Love, and it was a music festival in Mississauga, Ontario, called Rock the Coliseum. And we're talking like six years ago, maybe. I remember you. Yeah, I remember that, too. But wait, where was it? In which town? In Mississauga, which is just outside of Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the out. It was like outdoor. Kind yeah, of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. That was fun. There was a, That's were great. Actually, I remember you. Thank you. Sweet. Yeah, you guys are awesome, too. It was a great day all together. Yeah. And I always love playing the outdoor festivals and being in the sun and all that stuff. It's um, the best. Can't compare it. Playing, you know, rock and roll outdoors is it's what it's all about. Yeah. You could be as loud as you want. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone who's listening, Tom is standing behind a bunch of beautiful amps. I'm a Fender guy. That's a Fender oh. Deluxe, right? That's a Deluxe there or a Reverb? Like, yeah. That's a Queen Reverb from the, from the 60s. I got a bunch of amps here, man. I got a Prince there if you're a Fender guy. And I got this guy's a deluxe right below here that you can't see. And this amp, this purple purple guy I got when we were on tour, we were opening for ZZ Top. And one of the guys uh, that built amps for him, uh, this guy named Chuck Dean from New York, he was in one of the shows. And uh, backstage after the show, he came he came by and was like, really like the band. Uh, do you want me to make you an amp? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> Like you'll read this thing. It's the best amp I've ever owned in my life. Do you have a studio? Are you like in a like a like a studio right now? I, you are? I'm in a little studio called it's called Grandma's House near Montreal. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. A lot of people have mentioned this. Your album was mostly produced by Bob Rock, which is he's a Canadian legend. I'm I'm a huge Metallica fan, so obviously I know all about Bob Rock. How did you guys Hook up with Rob Rock. How did that happen? Basically, when we were on tour in Europe, we uh, decided that we wanted to work with an incredible producer for this next album. We were toying around with like uh, ideas in, in the car of who might be the best fit. The first, you know, the first name that came up was George Martin. And then we were like, well, you know, that, that would be amazing. And then the second name was Bob Rock. But it was in the same realm of fantasy as George Martin. Like we, it was it was 
um, unattainable. You know, it was just one of those like gods, legends of, of rock and roll that we could only hope to work with. And then we got back to Montreal. We ended up talking to a, a friend of ours who turns out he managed Bob's band in the late 80s, 90s, the band, the Paolas. So we were like, okay, you got an in, then send him our music. And he was like, hold on, hold on. Don't just send Bob your music. You got to have your best stuff. You got to, you know. So we went back into the studio. We recorded a bunch of demos and Tom was basically pestering Ralph. Okay, this is it, man. The songs are great. Send them, send them. It's like, but you only get one shot with Bob, you know? If he doesn't like it, you can't send anything else. And Tom Tom didn't give up. Although we were like pulling strings. We were like, no, we got the songs. Let's send it to him. And then it didn't, it took less than 12, 12 hours when after wow. stuff that he called us. Yeah, it was out of this world, man. Incredible. Uh, we were blown, blown away. He called us and he was like, uh, why don't you guys come to, down to Vancouver and we'll make a record. And uh, I was in a restaurant at the time and I just I started screaming in the restaurant, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it kind of works with the title of the album as well, Now or Nowhere, right? You're just going for it. You have nothing to lose, right? So let's let's get Bob Rock and you got him and it's, if I got that call, I'd be screaming in the restaurant as well. <laughs> so that was in 2019, correct? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. We made our way in November 2019. We uh, drove all the way from Montreal to uh, Vancouver because we filled up our van with every bit of gear we could possibly uh, <laughs> fit into there. He, doesn't he have like a lot of he, gear already? Oh, yeah. He has everything. Like we went to the warehouse studio. It's Brian Adams studio, which is basically a collection of the best incredible gear in the world. You know, it's called, uh, wait a second. <laughs> it's called the warehouse because it's like it's Brian Adams studio. And the studio sits on a warehouse, on top of a warehouse, because Brian Adams collects a lot of stuff. And uh, basically, he has any piece of gear that you would ever dream about in, in terms of guitars and amps and basses and all that stuff. And Bob just has the most incredible recording equipment. For example, the mic that Leela sang in, you can tell the story if you want. On the first day, like he brings out all these incredible microphones, right? Each one is more beautiful than the next. He's like, okay, let's sing on them. Try a few lines, see what, what you're feeling the best. I ended up choosing, you know, one most incredible mic that I've sounded really great. And he was like, okay, cool. You know, that was uh, was the mic that uh, Frank Sinatra sang. I'm like, okay, amazing. That's so awesome. Wow. But I didn't, I didn't seem to register though. Cause he turns around and he says, you know, it's not just the model. It's the actual mic that Frank Sinatra recorded with. <laughs> it was really, wow. so, yeah, I know. It's so like, Incredible. To be able to, you know, do you know what the model to... of the microphone was? Was it a Royer? It's, or was it... it's, it's a Neumann U47 from Yeah. Those are good mics. <laughs> Expensive <laughs> mics. <laughs> Insanity, man. So like, it, it was definitely magical. Like to be able to use like this incredible gear to have his expertise. Um, it definitely added a, a dynamic of magic to, to the recordings for sure. And you, you can definitely hear it in the songs. You get like a, uh, definitely like a 70s vibe. I was listening to their album today and Jefferson Airplane. I get that yeah. vibe. For me, like Grace Slick was like, like listening to Jefferson Airplane and listening to Grace Slick sing White Rabbit is like a defining moment in yeah. my life. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you got that kind of a sense from um, that's awesome. <laughs> I love cool. it. It's got the, like the old school 70s feel, but obviously like new school vibe to it as well. It's a rocking album. And the one song that I think I was reading about was Only Love. Can you tell me about that song in particular? Because you guys had a different version of it kind of going into the studio. What happened was that we showed up in Vancouver and we kind of demoed these songs to death. We tried everything here in Montreal because our drummer Dave has an incredible recording studio here. So we basically uh, set up camp at his studio and we 
recorded these songs to what most bands would consider already, uh, you know, album quality recordings. Only Love was, it was just a ballad, you know, it was like a slow song, very vibey, very kind of like emotional. And when we showed up in Vancouver, we set up, the way we recorded, we were all in the same room, kind of played the songs together. And we started playing the song, we did a take, and then Bob comes in the room running like he would do after every take. And he's like, you know, we're just going to try it a little bit differently, just a little bit faster. So he fed us the click to our headphones, but it wasn't a little bit faster. It was about twice was, as fast as Yeah, as the it was, that was almost double time. <laughs> and, and we're freaking out because we're trying to like catch up to the click, you know, and uh, just kind of trying to make it. And Leo's kind of swallowing her words while we're doing it. And he's like, oh, just do another take. And we, we just did the third take there. And I was like, we, okay, we got it, moving on. And I was like, what? No, we got to go worry about it. And then we, we go back into the control room and there's a saying in the studio, you know, the speakers never, they never lie. It's like when you hear something that's good, you know, right away, if it's, you know, if it's good or if it's garbage and he played it and it was like, wow, you know, it's like, it was so much better, you know, than what we come up with. So it was, it was a good moment. It's like what? 140 beats per minute now? Probably more. Even. It was real slow then. It was Before. really slow. Like maybe like 108 to 105. Wow. Yeah. It was a ballad. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just uh, the Bob Rock's brain, like just hearing something and he's like editing it and in his head, it's just like, no, it needs to be this. And he's hearing it and it's just, <laughs> did he have Mike Gillis working with him, his engineer, or was it Mike it was Gillis? Adam, Adam yeah. Uh, yeah, Greenberg, I think was his last yeah. name. It was, it was phenomenal. This kid was like whiz kid. It was, it was just amazing to watch. He was so quick. It's one of those, you know, it's like, just, just. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were an incredible, they were a very solid team. Like him and all the assistants from the, at the warehouse were just like, Bob had an idea within a second. It's like, okay, we'll get that guitar. All right. And then, okay, bring this, you know, that pedal. Let's try this amp. Rewire. Like <laughs> there was a room. I don't know how many amps did you have like plugged in there, Tom? It was like. They had like about eight amps set up for guitars with like two mics on each amp. And then he never had like one amp at a time. It was always like a combination of amps together. Yeah, pretty incredible. One of Bob's method is he doesn't want any kind of like technology to stop creativity. Is that what you felt? I'm assuming you guys recorded it on Pro Tools and not on tape because it's just yeah, too right. expensive, right? Yeah, for yeah. Sure. So yeah. like he has the people ready to go to record stuff just so that the creativity can keep moving and it's Absolutely. it's not stopping. Absolutely. When we were discussing in Montreal before getting to Vancouver, we were just like we had a, a phone call where we were just trying to like see kind of like the vibe of what we were going for and talking through like a bit of our ideas. And we were definitely nervous before this call because we, you know, on one hand you want to be completely open and it's Bob Rock. Like, like we want to hear what he has to say and you want to hear his ideas, but we wanted to sort of just say a bit about what we're coming from and where we're coming from. But then like, Two minutes, he tells us the story about how the day before he was, uh, he had listened to our demos and then he got in the car with the Paul McCartney's drummer and they went for like a drive and they went to see a movie and they ended up just sitting in their car and listening to Zeppelin's first album. Right. And they didn't end up like going to the movie because they were just got so caught up listening to Zeppelin one. And then he tells us, you know, and I kind of hear the same kind of vibe from you guys. Let's try and make this kind of an album. And we're like, we look at each other and we're like, yes. There's no reason to keep talking. We got it. We understand each other. It's, it's you know, clear as day. This is going to be awesome. Bob has, like, this reputation because of, like, the Metallica movies and maybe, like, some other stuff that he's done with Bon Jovi and Arsenal, where he's, like, a, a hard-ass producer and he'll slap you. But that's just what... It, it really doesn't exist. Like, he's such a good Canadian boy, so polite, so loving, you know? He's just such a teddy bear, like, such a pleasure to be around him. 
he's like the best guy that you can hope to be friends with. You know, it's like, there's not a mean bone in his body. I can't ever see him like get angry at anybody. Really. I'm going to ask you for some favorite albums here. What's your favorite Zeppelin album? One. Yeah. One, two, and four for me. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Favorite Beatles record? It would be a toss up between Abbey Road and, and Revolver. Revolver. Everyone says Revolver. I love Revolver. I'll say the White Album just because she, she, she mentioned the other two that I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine's always been uh, Rubber Soul. I just love that album. They're all great, man. You can't like it. They're all great. You can't go wrong. Before we move on, uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I did read in your bio that you guys met at some like hippie festival and you guys were just hanging out naked playing That's acoustic right. guitars. That's right. That was the best way to meet, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that those festivals even happen anymore. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not hip to that stuff. What was yeah. the festival? <laughs> The festival was on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked in, uh, in northern Israel. I was traveling throughout like the Far East for a couple of years. I spent a couple like years in India and Thailand and Nepal just trekking. And I met some people and they said, come, there's a, this crazy gathering on the Sea of Galilee in, in Israel. I was like, all right, sure. I was floating. So let's, let's go over there. So I, I just sat, you know, it was a great gathering. It was hot. So people were naked because it was really hot. And there was a river right there. And we just kept jumping back in and forth from the river to sitting around naked. And uh, I was just playing my guitar. I remember I was playing this Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song, almost cut my hair. And then this beautiful, long-haired, naked hippie sits down next to me, takes out his guitar, and uh, we started jamming. And we basically, we didn't say a word to each other. We basically jammed for like eight, nine hours. We just played music and we played all, we all, we knew all the same songs. We loved the same songs. We went through like all our favorites. I think we even started writing some stuff. We were jamming that night, you know? Beautiful story. It was just made to happen. You know, it was just like a very spiritual thing that just had to happen. You know, you play music when you're younger with like a bunch of different people, but like with Leela, I just... I don't know, from that first time, there was just an instant connection there. Our guitars really like sounded good together and her voice and I can do simple harmonies and it just, it just worked, you know? And were you both from Montreal area already? I grew up in Israel, so I met Lisa while she was traveling and at one point she, she was just like, you want to come to Montreal for a second and check it out? And I was like 20 years old. I was like, yeah, let's go to Montreal. What the fuck? And I just... <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> What's the plan moving forward? The album's out. Obviously, touring's halted maybe a little bit. You guys are definitely a touring band. Is is there plans in the future to tour? In the Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, first of all, we're doing a big uh, worldwide live stream. That's happening on June 9th. So we're really looking forward to that. That's going to be a nice big, you know, celebration for us to play these songs. It'll be the first time we'll ever play these, the songs off the album, you know, live to an audience. So we're very, very excited. Of course, it would be great to do it to a live in the venue, but we'll take what we can get at this moment. We do plan on touring as soon as we can, you know, get on the road. Like right now, even like being in Montreal, you're kind of locked in. You can't travel to other parts of the province right now. So we're hopeful that it will open up very soon. We're hopeful to get to Ontario and all the way out West very soon. I mean, we really, really miss our Canadian uh, fan base. We do have a UK tour booked for February 2022. So um, keeping our fingers crossed that uh, everything goes well and we continue in this good progression towards the world opening up again. Where can people get tickets or where can people see the live stream? You can uh, go to our website, thedamntruth.com, and everything is linked up there. There's a link tree. There's everything's there. Do you guys have records, vinyls as well yeah. as CDs and, all, and, and it's all there? 
It's all everything. on the website. Vinyls, t-shirts, rec, everything. It's all on the website. We partnered up for this show with the Live Nation. So uh, in Ontario, I think you can get tickets through livenation.com or that's it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and, and you know, just give me your time. <laughs> I really appreciate it, Michael. Thanks for having us. Thanks for us. having us. And I can't wait to do another gig, man. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to play there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, man.
see if he answers. Come on. Hello? Hey there. Hi. Rob, how are you? What? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. We're live on the air on the podcast right now. Oh, great. <laughs> I wanted to know if you knew who the band The Glorious Sons were. The Glorious Sons? Yeah. Do you know who they are? Yeah, I know who The Glorious Sons Can are. Can you tell us a little bit about them? They're from Kingston. That's all you know about them? No, well, they have a bunch. Of, I can't remember how many albums out they have now. I have the first two, though. Do you feel really on the spot right now? I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> okay, yeah. Great. This is great. Great contact. I'm glad you didn't call 30 seconds ago because I was in the bathroom. So. But that would have been even better. Do you know the song Sawed Off Shotgun? SOS. Yes, of course I do. Do you know how it goes? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I did the dad. Oh, what's the word? I had some oxy. I had the da, da, da. I had the tax man. I bought a sawed off shotgun. Perfect. This song is called Sawed Off Shotgun by the Glorious Woo! Sons. <laughs>
I'm going to play you one more song and then we're going to, you know, get on out of here. We'll say our goodbyes. It was a toss up. I got to say it was a toss up between this song and Olympus Kid song. I flipped a coin and fate gave us the right answer. Crazy Horses, everyone. Crazy Horses by the Osmonds. I guarantee you, everyone who was listening to that song and didn't know that song now loves that song and has no idea, has no clue whatsoever that that was the Osmonds. Yes, the Osmonds. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for checking out the episode. Be sure to go and check out The Damn Truth and their new album, now or nowhere it is very good very good album thanks to them for hanging out with me and chatting for a little bit i want to give a big shout out to steve risen for being the technical producer on this episode and every episode previous thanks so much he does all of his work out of drive studios in toronto canada and to everyone else see you next time <laughs>